0: Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Future Brew. This is a special episode this week. We're going to be talking about the early signing period. Michigan signing, so far at least, the number 12 overall class, according to 24-7's composite. My name is Vaughn Lozon.
2: Joining me today is Jonathan Simmons. John, I love the early signing period. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well, too. It's like Christmas, a week before Christmas now.
0: Pretty much, yeah. It it pretty much is. So, kids from all over the country signing their letters of intent uh, during the signing period. I venture to say, ninety nine percent of them probably signing during the Wednesday uh, of the of the signing period. It goes until Friday. I would imagine that all of these kids probably signed. On Wednesday, though. So we'll just recap Michigan's class real quick. We'll go through. We'll ask ourselves some some quick questions here. And uh, later on, we'll talk about some of the other kids that signed throughout the Big Ten uh, and Ohio State's class. Penn State's got a good class coming in. So we'll talk about those as well. But we'll start with Michigan. Obviously, they they brought in quite the haul of players, a lot of four-star guys, no five-stars this year like Daxton Hill or Chris Hinton last year, but still got some solid players in this class. A.J. Hennings, a guy that I'm pretty excited about. Blake Quorum's another guy. Uh, It seems like this class is really built around the offensive playmakers, bringing in a speedster like Roman Wilson. You know, Emont Dennis, another guy coming in who who could contribute, I think, pretty early uh, as an offensive playmaker. And then uh, the late commitment today uh, was the quarterback position that they needed to fill. There is Dan in the New York quarterback. He's a, a three-star on 24-7's rankings. He, I don't believe, has a, a composite ranking yet. Maybe that changes uh, before it's all said and done. But he is Michigan's quarterback for this class. And only two players that were originally committed did not sign today. That was Micah Mascua, the offensive guard from Baltimore, Maryland, and Nick Patterson, the tight end over in Texas That's Shea's brother, of course. So uh, first reactions to this class, John, what do you think of it? Uh, who do you think could play right away? Just uh, give me your initial thoughts on, on what do you think of this class uh, so far? Because I'm sure that as February comes and other commitments roll through, there might get another guy or two.
2: Yeah, I think this class—the word kind of to describe it is solid. Um, there, there—it's very high floor, low ceiling. Um, you know, there's there's only one guy in the top 100 right now, AJ Henning, and he's around 92. But there's also uh, about like two thirds of the class are within that three, four star uh, border line, which is around you know the 450th uh, best player in the country. I'd say. Um, I was I was looking at you know past classes and. That you know, there may be a lack of top talent um, at the top of this class, but there's also like not very many flyers like there is usual um, for usual for a Jim Harbaugh class. Like they took Valari today, but he's kind of a rare prospect. Uh, guys ranked lower than 500 in the composite going through the years. 2020, there's only three, which is the tied for the lowest by a, a large a large margin uh, under Harbaugh. Uh, 2017, which was his highest uh, ranked class at fifth, also had three. But you go through the years, 2016 had nine players, 2018 at 11, 2019 last year, which is a top 10 class at eight players under, uh, lower than 500. So, I mean, obviously there's good players that you get from there. You know, your Ronnie Bells, um, Sean McKeowns, guys like that. But I think that it's just kind of a tight band of players, rankings, who all look to be solid contributors at some point. They're just, you know, doesn't seem to be, you know, the big top uh, elite guys in the class. Yeah,
0: that's the one thing that they're lacking that you would have kind of hoped for, especially watching that Ohio State game. You would have hoped for a few five stars or more top 100 guys. And maybe the rankings will change. Maybe Blake Corum jumps in the top 100. Maybe they let Brayden McGregor get back in the top 100. Who knows? But at this point, they've only got one in A.J. Henning. So uh, that's what they're going to have to deal with right now. Obviously, they've still got two more guys left on their board, uh, at least two in my opinion, uh, with Darian Green-Warren and James Pogrelk. And Darian Green-Warren's going to be committing on January 3rd at the uh, Under Armour All-American game. Looks pretty good for Michigan right now. I would imagine they'd probably get his uh, – or, well, they, they may have honestly already got his signature. Um, so by the time it's all said and done, and Michigan's sitting at 12 right now, they could get back to 11 – I don't really see them right where it's at right now. Notre Dame's at number 10. They're only a few spots ahead, so they could get into the top 10, uh, given Green Warren uh, getting into the mix there. Um, maybe Pogrel gets into the mix, but those would be, in my opinion, the only two guys that would probably join this class. Um, oh, What do you think? Are there really any, any other guys like Van Fillinger? He's kind of on the outside looking in, in my opinion. What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think he sent in his LOI to Utah today. Um, You know, guys like Miles Hinton sent in their LOI, so the board really narrowed. Um, Yeah, you're right, Pogorelk seems to be the last-minute guy in the O-line. I think the staff kind of knew that Mike Mezcua wasn't going to end up in the class for some reason, or the other, based on, you know, all the guys that they were uh, on the line that they're kind of following and keeping tabs on lately, but... Um, a lot of their options went off the board, like Tobias Braun. I know that the German kid from Connecticut signed with Ole Miss today. So he's off. Yeah. So I think it's really just uh, Pegorio, Um You know, they have a month or two to evaluate some senior film and find a, a diamond in the rough, which I could definitely see them doing. Um, seems like they pull that off uh, a couple times every every cycle. But right now I'd say uh, Pagorio the the leader in the clubhouse to join if they can uh, hold off a visit to Stanford uh, in January.
0: Yeah, it does seem like they get those diamonds in the rough uh, from time to time. Ronnie Bell obviously being one. I think Vincent Gray was another guy that they ended up signing in the February signing period uh, when he was uh, coming in. I think that was that 2018 class there. So it seems like they always get one of those guys. So maybe Pogrelk ends up being that one guy that they sign late that isn't a high-ranked prospect by any means, but maybe comes in and maybe uh, takes down the right tackle spot at some point. Um, You just never know. Ed Warner's been really good developing the line, so it wouldn't shock me whatsoever. But um, I want to ask you a few things here. Um, Obviously, we've already went through who's all signed, who's not, and things along
2: those lines. Who do you think in this class can contribute immediately? Um, I think they. under Josh Gadd has shown that so the offensive guys can get on the field early like uh, Giles Jackson or uh, Mike Sanders still. So I think AJ Henning, obviously he's the top ranked guy in the class. That's going to, it's an easy choice to make, but I think he can really step on the field early um, and make a contribute uh contribution on offense for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I think, I think those offensive playmakers are just bound to get, Uh, some immediate playing time there. Obviously, you'll get Sainer still and Giles Jackson and those guys back, Cornelius Johnson with his development and things like that. Tariq Black's already in the transfer portal. Um, I would anticipate at least one of Nico Collins and Peoples-Jones going to the NFL, Um, at the very least one of those guys, if not both. So these wide receivers, these these playmaking guys, they're going to have a chance to play pretty early, in my opinion. I think Henning will definitely be that one guy. I think Blake Corum can get some pretty decent playing time, depending on how things go with uh, Chris Evans situation, things like that. Um, on defense, I, I would like to say Brayden McGregor, but I just don't think his injury will um, really allow him to get early playing time. I, I, I saw an article recently that he's making good strides in his recovery there. Um, but I'm I'm just not feeling it right now. Hopefully that's uh, that changes down the line because he's a really good talent, really good player. I think one of these safeties is bound to to uh, make an immediate step up here. I don't know which one it would be, whether it's Makari Page or R.J. Moten or Jordan Morant, uh, but I would imagine that one of those guys would probably get some some pretty decent playing time early on there. Maybe Khalil Mullings, the outside linebacker as well. They've they've. Um, Got a spot there to fill with Jordan Glasgow uh, moving on there to uh, graduation. So uh, definitely a, a, a few guys that could probably contribute pretty early. Now, in terms of guys who may not get to go right away, maybe a guy that'll redshirt but may contribute uh, heavily later on, who do you think is a guy that, that it might be a three-star prospect? It might be one of those guys around the 500 ranking that probably won't play Immediately, maybe his sophomore or junior year, he'll, he'll get some
2: playing time, but will be a major factor. Who do you think one of those guys could be? Um, I'm really excited about Aaron Lewis. The, he's listed as defensive end from uh, New Jersey. They, he originally committed to West Virginia, but Michigan uh, kept on him and flipped him during that big uh, June recruiting weekend. Um, he's, in, he's listed at 6'5", 235, which is defensive end size right now, but all of his uh, senior tape, there's about half of the snaps are at him in the interior defensive line. I really like his length down there, uh, getting by interior lineman there. So I think uh, he'll be someone that I'm really interested to watch his development, see how much weight he can put on, and if he's a viable option in the the defensive interior uh, in a in a few years once he gets in that strength and conditioning program.
0: Yeah, he's definitely one of them. Um, the guy that the low ranked guy that I'm I'm excited for. Probably won't see him next year is Matthew Hibner. He's a tight end three-star guy from Virginia. as a guy that Michigan coaches, I, I think it was Chris Partridge that actually first saw his tape and reached out to his coaches. And this was a kid that really went under the radar, didn't have very many offers at all. But Michigan got him in uh, for a visit, got his commitment actually pretty quick and uh, did some really good work on the recruiting trail evaluating that. And he his, uh, his ranking went up pretty significantly after uh, they got him to commit and he went through his senior season and all of that. So I don't think um, an immediate guy that sees the field right away. I, I Maybe, uh, But you've got a few guys in the waiting there. So I, I think Hibner could be really, really good uh, by the time it's all said and done. I really like what I saw on tape from him. Um, another guy I, I really liked was uh, was Will Mohan on defense. He, he'll probably be the viper of this class. Uh, he's from New York, uh, li- listed as an athlete there. He's another three star guy, hovering right around that four hundred and fifty ranking. Um, but he'll probably be another guy that takes a year or so to get into uh, the system and develop. And and you got to play behind a couple guys there. I think Anthony Solomon and and. Uh, um, Why am I uh, drawing a blank on his name at this moment? Michael Barrett. Thank you very much. Michael Barrett. Michael Barrett and Anthony Sullivan will probably be those two guys fighting for the job for next season. Um, But I I think Will Mohan will probably be a pretty good uh, Viper by the time it's all said and done. Is there anything else about this class that stands
2: out to you, John, uh, at all? Um, I like that they have two players from New York now, as a fellow New Yorker myself. Um, (laughs) But... uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I put up a good analysis pretty thorough today of the strengths and weaknesses uh, of the class on the site. So you should check that out. But just kind of uh, highlighting it is there's a lot of positional versatility um, in the class. Uh, The defensive back seven, especially, which is kind of a place where you don't think that guys can play a lot of roles. But they have, you know, five linebacker types from a Jalen Harrell type, who's Josh Uche. Uh, light right now and can be mm-hmm. a defensive end or an outside linebacker to William Mohan, who is, you know, a Viper slash safety, you know, linebacker hybrid there. So there's a lot of guys that can play a lot of different positions, um, whether it's on offense or defense, which I think is pretty interesting. It's kind of, t- to me, reminds me of like basketball, like positionalist positionless basketball. I th- feel like football might be kind of going that direction, um, with all the different guys and roles that these players can, uh, can, uh, perform it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I, I could honestly see, I I, I, can't, I couldn't really see Macari Page being a Viper, but I can pretty much see any any of those other guys, Jordan Morant or Moten, Mohan, obviously, uh, filling in at that Viper spot. But yeah, these linebackers, they could play middle linebacker, weak side, uh, the Uche, Sam linebacker that they got. That'll probably be where Jaron Har- Harrell ends up. Uh, but yeah, that's a really good point. I, I think that that's kind of the bread and butter of Don Brown's defense right now is being able to play multiple positions within the defense. And, and we've seen that with Josh Ross, his first couple of years here, obviously Cam grown was kind of a little all over the place this season. He was started at weak side, moved to middle linebacker when uh, Ross got injured. And it'll be interesting to see where uh, that all plays out next season, but really good point there. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, I think that's really about it here, John. I, I, I'm, you know, like, he, like you said earlier, this is a solid class. This isn't anything to, uh, you know, go run outside in the freezing cold and, and be excited about. But this isn't also something to be displeased with. I think this is this recruiting class pretty much uh, is an exact replica of what Michigan is on the football field. It's solid. It's good. Uh, it's, it's not great. It's not going to win you a Big Ten title by any means. It's not going to win you a national title. But uh, it'll be competitive. It'll be interesting to watch,
2: no question. So, um, it starts out early, and then it kind of peters out late without much yeah. fanfare. Yeah, pre- <laughs> you know, a lot of buzz in signing day under Jim Harbaugh. They usually wrap up the classes early.
0: No, yeah, pre- pretty much. I, I think the only like real surprise was uh, the Daxon Hill thing from last year. That was yeah. That was uh, there there weren't any fireworks this year, and there really haven't been many fireworks in the Jim Harbaugh era. I know. I, I think Nico Collins was a signing day uh, commitment. And I mean, uh,
2: Gary, but that's about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that was that was the big one was Rashawn Gary, and I think uh, Aubrey Aubrey Solomon recommitting to Michigan, um, uh, saying Miami on the broadcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was uh, good times, good times right there. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's pretty standard. It, it, it's a it's a very good class, but it's not uh, it's not a an elite class like uh, some of these uh, other classes that you see out there like Alabama or LSU or uh, Clemson, anything like that. But we are going to uh, take a short break here. We will come back. We'll, we'll do a quick Big Ten roundup, go through some of these other classes that uh, uh, just wrapped up here within the conference. So stick around. We'll be right back.
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, and we are back. We're going to wrap up our special signing day podcast here by just running through the Big Ten Conference. few pretty good classes here in the Big Ten. Obviously, we have already talked about Michigan. They're number two ranked. In the Big Ten, number one, you could probably take a guess. Uh, so it's, it's Ohio State. Uh, they've taken back their title of having the number one uh, recruiting class within the conference. Michigan had it last year. Now it goes back to Ohio State. They had two five-star players, and uh, both of them were within the top ten. Julian Fleming is uh, the num- number one ranked wide receiver in the class. He's number two overall. And Paris Johnson, he's been committed to Ohio State forever, it seems like. Uh, He is the number seven overall player and number one offensive tackle. Uh, They've got a couple other receivers right under him with Jackson Smith uh, right there. Wide receiver, six foot one. Uh, He's 33rd overall. And uh, G. Scott Jr., he's another wide receiver, six foot two and a half. He's number 62 overall. A couple guys, though, did not sign with Ohio State. And one of them is right in Michigan's backyard. That's Cameron Martinez, the athlete out of Muskegon that Michigan was uh, pretty much going head-to-head with, with Ohio State. The other one being Clark Phillips III. He was their uh, top-ranked defensive back in the class. He's number 47 overall. Sounds like he might flip. At the end of the day, of course, he has until the February signing period to do it. But a couple crystal balls came in for Utah over the last day or so. Uh, so it looks like he might be headed to the Pac-12. So... Uh, It could be interesting to see if Michigan kicks the tires here with Cam Martinez. Do you think at this point they would take him in just as an athlete just to see where he goes? Because, I mean, they've got a lot of offensive playmakers at this point in the class. They were looking at him originally as one of those kind of guys uh, to just line up in the backfield or go into the slot or, you know, do anything like that. But kind of sounds like he wants to play defense in college. So I, I could see them maybe kicking the tires here. Maybe seeing, hey, do you want to play defense here? What do you want to do? Uh, at least just to inquire with him.
2: Yeah, he seems kind of like a souped-up version of Eamon Dennis on offense. But uh, like you said, I think he, he's, he was going to play defense, I think at safety for Ohio State. And then when Jeff Halfley left, um, who also coaches defensive backs, that obviously had an impact on him. And it's also why Phillips is looking around at schools like Utah. Um, so I, I'm not sure with five uh, with three safeties already signed uh, for Michigan and then uh, Selden and uh, basic uh, for all intents and purposes, uh Darian green Warren in the class. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that there's too much room at defensive back for uh, Michigan right now. Um, before he committed, it, it still wasn't a slam dunk that Michigan uh, landed him. I mean, he had a lot of pro Ohio state guys and uh, family members around him that were, they were pushing the Buckeyes. So I'm not sure that, Michigan would have been the choice even if he uh, was, and it didn't end up being a take for Ohio State. So um, it's, it's not like a either or situation with taking him or not. So uh, I, I'm not sure that he's gonna that Michigan's gonna target him now.
0: Likely not. I, I can see them maybe just reaching out and saying, hey, what's your situation here just because I mean, he's a four star kid, guy that they had obviously recruited earlier. Um, so maybe they reach out, maybe they don't, uh, with the way that things are going in their class, they probably don't need to, but, um, you know, it definitely wouldn't hurt to just send the kid a text or give them a call or something like that. But, but, uh, yep, so Ohio state, number one in the big 10, number three overall in the country. So they've got a, a good class coming in there. Uh, let's talk about Nebraska real quick. Cause they've, they've had uh, a pretty good recruiting class here. Number 20 overall, which You know, over the last few years, this is one of their better classes. They've got a top 50 kid. Turner. uh, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Corcoran? Corcoran, yeah, I guess Corcoran. Turner Corcoran. He's an offensive tackle. He's from Kansas, number 38 overall. And they've got a few other four-star kids here. Uh, It seems like uh, a pretty good haul on defense, especially at the safety position. And uh, they've got Keyshawn Green, outside linebacker, number 154
2: overall. Uh, pretty solid class here for uh, for uh, the Huskers. Yeah, I think it's impressive for Scott Frost to uh, not make a bowl again this year and still finish with the, the 20th ring class in the country. They, they got some good offensive playmakers today. They got Marcus Fleming from Miami, uh, the four-star wide receiver. Um, they got Elante Brown, another four-star receiver that they, they took from uh, Michigan State. He was also considering. Um, they got him today. And then uh, n- another four-star safety, uh, Jaden Francois from uh, Miami, too. So he's clearly still leveraging his uh, you know connections that he built while at UCF. Um, and I think guys are still buying into his offensive system, even though it hasn't really uh, shown up on the field yet. But I think this is the kind of class that will help the, the program take the next step forward.
0: Yeah, and I really like that uh, Marvin Scott the third kid that they got. That running back, he is fast. They were showing some highlights of him on uh, Big Ten Network earlier today, and uh, he, he's got some killer speed. He's he runs a four three forty. I think they said he ran like a 10200 yard dash. So uh, yeah, watch out for him. If uh, you know if they're if they're trying to uh, get some offensive playmakers like what you had just said. Yeah, you should probably start. And uh, play him. But the biggest surprise of the day for me personally was with Maryland. And uh, I never thought that we'd be talking about Maryland recruiting on this podcast, John. But, you know, they they, they pulled off quite the flip to be able to get me to start talking about them. Uh, Rakim Jarrett, five-star wide receiver from Washington, D.C. He had been committed to LSU for a little while. He flipped from LSU to Maryland. What's going on here, man? This seems like a weird one.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's from Maryland. He he goes to St. John's where Quentin Johnson went last year. Um, I mean, so it's his hometown school, but still you would think that he would, a five-star, you know, top five guy at his position would go to a bigger program. But I guess Mike Loxley uh, still has some magic left that he can uh, pull off a big flip like this on signing day. And, uh, yeah, for all the success LSU has had this year, it's been kind of a – up and down day for them on the recruiting trail. That they also lost their their other top fifty wide receiver guy to uh, Georgia, Jermaine Burton, I think his name is. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it was a it was a weird day for them. I saw someone commenting that they had all the all, they can get all the great wide receivers when their offense is terrible, but when they're, <laughs> they're breaking records with a Heisman setting quarterback, they can't land receivers. Yet. So yeah, weird day for for them.
0: Yeah, it seems seems very strange uh, that. an an LSU wide receiver commit would would flip to a school like Maryland who looked abysmal this season quite honestly offensively defensively had a good start there but just uh just a strange one they also got uh running back uh, Isaiah Jacobs in their uh, recruiting class today and that was a guy that Michigan had been going after there for a little while he's the younger brother of Josh Jacobs uh running back for the Raiders now so pretty good day, I would say, for uh, the Maryland Terrapins. Man, I, I like I said, I never thought I'd be talking about Maryland on this podcast, but uh, good for them. But uh, complete opposite of that is what Michigan State ended up doing today. They don't have a single player that is a four-star in their class. Their top-ranked player, Darius Snow, is a three-star linebacker. He's number 400 overall on the composite rankings. Uh, they got a few in-state kids that... Uh, Michigan was looking at for a hot minute there, Ian Stewart being the main one wide receiver from Rockwood. He played quarterback in high school. But, uh, I mean, overall, very unimpressive class here from Michigan State. And uh, with the way that things have been going, uh, this this could get ugly for D'Antonio pretty quick here, man.
2: Yeah, definitely. They, You know, Dallas Fincher, the guard, is their top uh, in-state player in Michigan, and he's 14th overall which is not great. Their top guy from Ohio who actually like an Angela gross, the cornerback is is 19th in the, in the state of Ohio, um, which, you know, Mark D'Antonio made his living finding these underrated guys uh, in the two States, but he's just getting totally shut out of any top talent uh, nearby, which is, which is definitely a problem. Uh, you know, one of their running backs from Georgia didn't sign today. Um, so he might be leaving the class. It it just, it's definitely, it definitely seems like the beginning of the end for for D'Antonio and company. And then he was telling recruits today that he's planning on keeping his staff intact, which is another bad sign because, you know, that yeah. loyalty really burned him this year, uh, just reshuffling all the coaches. So I don't see how it gets better in the near future.
0: Yeah, me neither, man. Um, you know, if you're a state fan, definitely don't like to see that. But if you're a Michigan fan, you absolutely love to see it. So... Yeah, it could could get pretty interesting here with how things go over the next year or so with D'Antonio, and things over in East Lansing, but but Purdue they they, they ended up getting a few four star guys. Uh, Purdue did Malik Carr being the top ranked guy in their class who Michigan uh, was going after there early on. He's uh, listed as a tight end. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I don't know if he's going to be a tight end or a, a wide receiver, but. He's ranked 202 overall. And uh, another guy that I really like in their class is uh, Tyreek Murphy. He's a running back, 5'11, 220. And he's from New York. So a shout out to your uh, New Yorkers there, John. Uh,
2: number he 21 at the. P- Michigan, Christian, he formerly had a Michigan crystal ball at one point. but uh, Oh, he really? Out having a trio, yeah.
0: Man, what uh-huh. oh, could have been? Yeah. Oh, that would have been great. But uh, he's the number one ranked kid in the state of New York in this class. So. There you go, man. But, but yeah, no, a, a couple pretty good offensive playmakers here for, uh, for Purdue. Um, I, I would say f- for Jeff Brom, this is a, a, a pretty solid class for what he's probably wanting to build uh, at, at Purdue. And, and Marcellus Moore is another really, really fast kid that runs another uh, really quick 40 yard dash. So, they're getting some pretty good athletes there. And then to top it all off, Anthony Romph from uh, Southfield, Michigan, committed there as well. So um, pretty pretty decent class, I would say,
2: for Jeff Brown. Yeah, they did some good work in Michigan today. They, they got Romph, like you said, uh, from Southfield. He was an FAU commit but, uh opened up his recruitment after uh, Lane Kiffin left. Then um, they also flipped uh, Abdur uh, Rahman Yassin, the yeah. Wide receiver from Wild Lake, Western from Northwestern. Today, I know Michigan State also uh, wanted him for a bit. Uh, so yeah, Jeff Brom did some good work, getting some top, flipping some top uh, talent from Michigan. Um, you know, the, you know, along with Muli Car, uh, they have two guys that are ranked higher than in Michigan than that are ranked higher than Michigan State's uh, guys. So yeah. yeah, he's doing well for sure.
0: So real quick, we'll talk about a few more here. Um, I'll I'll touch real quick on Wisconsin's recruiting class. They're fifth in the Big Ten. Their top two guys are offensive tackles. Go figure. They recruit really good offensive linemen. I would have never guessed. Uh, But Trey Reddick and Jack Nelson, uh, the top two kids in the state of Wisconsin, both offensive tackles uh, committed to Wisconsin. or I'm sorry, signed with Wisconsin today. And uh, they had a few uh, outside linebackers, uh, a couple four-star guys also signed today, Caden Johnson and Nick Herbig. But uh, let's move on to Minnesota. Uh, P.J. Fleck has been doing some pretty good work or did some pretty good work uh, with his 2019 team, and uh, he got only two four-stars in his recruiting class for 2020. I would have anticipated a better recruiting class here, John, but they're a top-ranked guy. Uh Etivion Brown is uh, ranked 308 overall. He is a linebacker from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, so if I'm a Gopher fan, I'm kind of disappointed with uh, the on-field results from this past year and then this recruiting class. Uh, maybe they can do better in 2021.
2: Yeah, it's kind of more quantity than quality right now. They did get uh, a ja jaw joiner today, the defensive end who's, who's only ranked uh, 669th of the composite, but he's a four-star to 24-7. Um, he's in He's from Connecticut, so you know not a lot of scouting out there. Right. So it does look like they they got a good sleeper there who has some talent. Um, but yeah, there's just a, a big pile of of dudes in the class. Um, they they did take uh, Ali Saad, the defensive tackle from Michigan, who was a little interesting um, if they were going to see if Michigan offered him or not, just because he was a defensive tackle. But uh, I don't think they ever ended up doing that. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's more of a stocking up on as many guys as possible. I I think they had a stretch during the season where they landed like 13 guys in seven days or something crazy like that. Um, And after that, it was just kind of uh, picking off some other top guys.
0: Luckily for them, they've already got two four-stars committed in their next class in 2021. So maybe PJ can get some more top-ranked guys next season. You would hope so, if you are a Gopher fan. But... Uh, Lastly, we'll just talk about Penn State real quick. Um, Another pretty good class here for James Franklin. He's definitely one of the better recruiters in the Big Ten. Obviously, Theo Johnson was the one that Michigan, uh, the the one that got away from Michigan. Number 84 overall tight end. We've talked about him enough, so we don't have to uh, spend all day talking about him. Curtis Jacobs is their top-ranked player. Number 44 overall. He's a linebacker for Maryland. 6'2", 220. Uh, They pulled another uh, four-star from the state of Michigan, Enzo Jennings, the uh, safety there from Oak Park. So, uh, if I'm a Penn State fan, I kind of feel the same way about this class as I do about Michigan's class. It's it's a solid class, but it's nothing that is going to be uh, game-changing by any means, in the long run, at least, if you're looking for a national championship or anything like that.
2: Yeah, this is another quantity over quality class. I've got 27 guys, but only 11 are uh, four stars or um, they've, four stars. They've got two top 100 guys, so it's a little bit higher on talent maybe than Michigan, but they've also got a lot of kind of dead weight at the bottom of their class. A couple guys from community colleges and uh, linemen ranked in the, the 800s and things like that. So I think it's more of a filling the roster type, uh, type class and maybe lacking some of the top elite guys that uh Penn State fans would want just like Michigan
0: yeah I really like the wide receiver they got Jaden Dunn from Mm -hmm. Connecticut he is four-star wide receiver I I like him quite a bit um but yeah I mean like I said another solid class for James Franklin nothing that's going to uh win you a championship by any means but uh another good class for uh, those Nittany Lions over there but uh, anything else that you want to hit on real quick before we wrap up on uh, the Big Ten or Michigan? Anything in general, John?
2: Uh, not really. I think it was pretty uneventful day. There's a lot of hand wringing about where Michigan would end up in the rankings once signing day happened, but they ended up only dropping one spot. I mean, they're, they're like barely above Penn State right now, so that'll be interesting to see uh, what happens with the classes uh, to see who ends up fighting for second place here. Um, But basically just, you know, status quo, business as usual for Michigan recruiting.
0: Yeah, uh, like we kind of alluded to earlier, watch out for uh, the next coming weeks here with uh, Darian Green Warren. We'll see what happens with James Pogrelk as well. So uh, this class isn't fully complete yet. Of course, it'll be fully locked in that first week of February for the uh, traditional signing day period. It doesn't really... uh, Give the give the flair that it used to. I remember back in high school, I uh, I, I had uh, pulled pulled hookie on school and uh, I sat home and, and watched Jabril Peppers sign with uh, Michigan. So that was uh, that was one of those uh, early recruiting memories for me. But
2: doesn't really bring that it. excitement anymore in February. I was at a Dave Matthews concert the day Jabril Peppers <laughs> committed. I remember. It. Yeah. <laughs> wow, so, it, was it a good show? You know. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun time. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's probably a pretty solid day for you <laughs> then. Were yeah, you still in remember.
0: were you in New were you in New York at this time? I was in New York. Okay. So in your Albany. Yep. Man, good times. All right. Well hey, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. John, where you at, man? At Simmons underscore John. And follow Mason Brew on Twitter at Mason Brew. Give us a like on Facebook and Instagram too, and be sure to rate and subscribe to all of our podcasts here on the Mason Brew SB Nation Podcast Network. Uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy Signing Day. I love it. it. It's always such a great time. It's a busy day for us at the website, but uh, it's it's always uh, worth it at the end of the day. So uh, I'm excited for uh, the 2021 class to see how it all goes for Michigan. They're in on a few. Uh, really high-ranked guys up there. So uh, we'll we'll start transitioning over to the 2021 class here in the coming weeks and months. So stick with Maize and Brew, stick with future Brew here. And uh, for John, I am Vaughn. We'll talk with you guys later. And uh, go blue.